Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, welcome, Always Don't Cry, and this is part two of talking about moaning and worrying. Dane Baptiste got called out to an emergency radio interview, so I've begged one of my friends who I was saving for later in the series to come on. And you're still going to have to come on later in the series, Charlie Baker. But for now, thankfully for the horrific technical troubles we've had adding you to this process, you're in the right place to moan. He joined Stephen Grant, who's still moaning from Brighton, and Kelly Convey, who is moaning from... Where are you moaning from, Kelly? London? East Dulwich, baby. East Dulwich. London, then. Honestly, some people, they do get ears. And, uh, and there's me. <laughs> Being in the northwest, living with my commander, Manchester wife. So, uh, Charlie, as you know, um, we've been talking about moaning just very briefly. The way men moan, the way women moan. Is this all in my head? Is there a gender difference? What do you think? I moan a lot. I moan when I've got to do something specific, like hire a car. Or, like, if I turn up get off the plane and I, I for some reason I feel like it, that's my job and that will affect me for the whole journey like getting us on the plane or or getting and getting to the higher car place and we got the other end and we're supposed to have the all the correct details and then you're supposed to have a credit card rather than a debit card or whatever that is the, that's the, I will I will try and foresee a problem. I think that's what I do is uh-huh. I, moan. I'm, I moan when I try and foresee a problem so the problem doesn't attack me head on and catch me by surprise. And that's what I moan about, even if there is no problem. See, now here, here we will have to part ways on our definition because moaning to me is a present tense or reflective past tense activity. The meal was shit. The holiday was shit. The car hiring process was awful or present tense. Oh, we're at the Avis counter. We don't have the correct document. It's not a future. Future is Ah. the next thing I want to bring in, worrying. Now, this I believe girls are better at. Do you agree, female auditor Kelly Convey, that girls are better at going to the future? Well, maybe we should get travel insurance, babe, just in case. Yeah, no, I definitely. I think we're like the nesters, aren't we? That we're the planners. Like you know, we we nest, we prepare, we're we're sort of overthinking situations before they arise. Um, And I I think that's definitely a female trait. Um, I think blokes worry about things, but I think that it's in a different sense. They might worry about. 
maybe slightly, I think, more emotional things what women worry about, the, the repercussions of situations, whereas blokes would probably more worry about the actual situation of getting shit done. It's like, okay, Charlie, you worry about getting the Kaya Ha sorted, um, and that's the physical nature of actually getting the hire car, whereas, you know, your missus would probably worry about the re- repercussions of not getting that hire car and being late to the hotel and upsetting the maitre d'. Or me, me, me moaning about not having the hire car done. She's probably more worried about that. Yeah. Is it the case, Stephen, that moaning is unproductive and just a way of the moaner letting off steam and worrying can be productive and creative if it heads off a problem in the past like it does for Charlie with his car hire? Yeah, I mean, someone who worries about being run over is more likely to look left and right before they cross the road. Someone who never worries about it is much more likely to be run over. So a certain element of paranoia and fear hardwired into us is part of that was human a bit of a jump then. We went from worrying into paranoia and fear. I mean, <laughs> worrying, worrying is very much a gateway drug. If you're worried about losing your stuff on holiday, you get insurance. If you're worried about running out of food because of a global pandemic, you get a shitload of baked beans in, right? Worry drives us to do things that kind of allow us to sort of survive as a, as a species. I, I worry about people who don't worry. Those people do my head in. <laughs> oh, my God. Those people a aren't worry. thinking about anything. They've just, just got going, oh, I'll sort it out when I get to it. No, no, stop this for crying out loud. Literally, that's why the biz- human beings have got foresight. Um, no, I... There's nothing like the global pandemic to make me worry because I thought all my life, because I had a propensity to worry, that I'd covered all the bases regarding, you know, what I would do with my career, what I do with my family, what I do with my home, you know. And then this comes longer. Stephen, do you remember that thing where people have to get together in a room and sit next to each other and to enjoy what you do? <laughs> it's not going to happen anymore. How are you going to deal with that? Best of luck. You know, and so I spent most of my nights going, night, turning the light off and sitting there going, ah, what was going to happen next? So... So I think worrying is not only healthy, but I think it's actually a sign of a human being doing the right things to make sure that we can survive the future. Charlie, you were going to say So my my wife has uh, always had quite big health anxiety. What do you mean? Worried about things going wrong? Being ill, getting ill, her kids getting ill, me getting ill. It's always been quite a big thing in her her life. And I think, uh, you know, her mum died when she was 19 of of breast cancer and... and, uh, and since then, she's had quite, obviously, had quite a lot of health anxiety. And um, so this, but she, so she's found this global pandemic almost to be a bit of a, I told you, <laughs> I told you something would happen. And the warriors were correct. It's calmed her down. Um, but I always find the people who worry, there are these people who worry least and don't plan. And they, a lot of the time they do seem to get away with it, you know. They do seem to get yeah, away with it. That, that, that blissful ignorance of, like, not and caring. And they sort of bounce about. And my wife says, I'm always like, I've, I've been like that in through a lot of my life, is going through, not worrying. Sort of, but she says it's like a bad driver a lot of the time with me, that, that I'll bump through and I'll be all right. But then the, what I'm leaving behind me is often a, a lot worse um, than, than what I've had to experience myself. <laughs> So that's what I wanted to throw back to Kelly. Do you think it's mostly men or is it just a random rile of the personality dice that combine this odd, um, that make this odd combination of not worrying followed by moaning about the thing they could have prevented if only they'd worried about it? So I'm not going to worry about the flights. I'm not going to worry about the car hire. Get to the car hire desk. Fucking holidays ruined. We've got no car. I've never met a woman that does. 
I've met plenty. No, I've been, no. I've had relationships with girls who don't worry, life's in chaos, but then don't moan. Oh, well, you know, nothing ventured, nothing against sending to adventure. But I've only known men who don't worry, don't plan, and then moan. The paradoxical opposite of what they could have prevented. Well, I think like worrying, as Susan was saying, is it's good for planning and stuff. But it also can be quite stifling. And I think that there is this sort of happy medium of just being the sort of person that just doesn't worry. Uh, like, you know, you just have to go to maybe Alicante Airport. You know, they're everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like just completely blissfully ignorant to anything and everyone. And it's that kind of, I would love to be able to get to that that position where I, I'm like, it's it's almost carefree. It might be careless, but it, it it is that carefreeness of like kind of not overthinking things. I mean, obviously coming into comedy and you you all do stand up. You know, in those first few years, you know the, the the worry about pleasing people and the anxiety of going onto the stage and stuff like that can can be a real builder and build you up and gets you ready for the show. But then also it can be something that completely stifles you to the point where you go on on the back foot. And like I feel I found this this break um breakdown. <laughs> the breakdown. The lockdown. But um I found I've gone on to TikTok because I have no other outlet. And what <laughs> I've I've realized is I've been doing TikToks, no makeup, no 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 so worry. And how have you solved this mental malaise? I've gone on TikTok. I've got on TikTok, mate. I've got on TikTok. I thought you could give the secret of mental health. Yes, I've done a few funny singing videos. Next. No, do you know what? I've been going on there and, and, and what it has given me is um, because I can't get the reaction from people, obviously I get their likes and their comments, but just feeding your, I do stand up on there. Um, and I know these online gigs, I haven't done one yet, but not having that feedback um, and, and it's almost freeing because you stop worrying because you're not expecting that return. Um, and I think that can go for lots of situations in life is, worrying too much can be um just to hold you back from actually just not giving a fuck right so i'm gonna be careful with this because obviously our listeners won't be able to see it but i'm sharing with my panel a graph you don't need to read what's on it you just need to see the shape of it in the middle is a medium amount of worry okay to do with performance on this side is not worrying enough leading to boredom and skintness and on this side is in the zone of delusion is leading to burnout and doing too much and having a breakdown. It speaks very much to what Kelly's just said in that there is somewhere in the middle, which sadly for the people who want to sit around belly button gazing, you need a certain amount of worry and stress to drive you into this middle, as it's seen on the diagram we're looking at, green zone. It's like a hill where stress matches output in the middle. So, Grant, would you say you've gone slightly down the other side of the hill in the best sense of the world? <laughs> I, I, I was awful. I, I, I would say that I've come out the other end of that. I've, I've gone. Um, I, I, Russell, after being shown that diagram, I can say that I have, I have, I've experienced the left-hand side of your bell. So, um, right, um, and but genuinely, I used to worry about everything, and I kind of divvied it up between things I could change and things I couldn't. So. If I worry about whether I'm going to have a job in a year's time, then that's fair because that will drive me to do something about it. If I worry that the plane I'm on is going to crash, 
there's nothing I can do. So I've got to stop worrying about it. So I always have to ask myself the question, can you do anything about it? And if the answer is no, reasonably no, because if I think the plane's going to crash, then theoretically I could barge into the cockpit, wrestle the controls out of the pilot's hands and do it myself. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation of my problem solving. No. Right. But, but, you know, if I can do something about it, then I'll do something about it. If not, I will just continue to worry, uh, you know, I, I, and, and I will learn to suppress it. So yeah, it's, the thing about it is, you know, it's not good for mental health. So you you have you have you fight this internal battle of like I'm worried about this, but you worrying about it is making it worse. All right, then I'm now worrying about worrying about it. Right? Yeah, How do yeah. I stop worrying about worrying? worrying about is awful. It? Okay, and meta meta moaning is bad as well. We're just before we move on to the final subject because we've only got ten minutes left. Meta moaning is where, as a man, I've experienced this. I don't know if girls you spend the whole day moaning and being negative, and then later on I moan about oh I'm such a bad person I ruined the day. Oh, yeah, I've, I've moaned all day again, Lindsay. I mean, what chance is there for me with my shit personality? You know, I'm meta-moaning about the old me. Okay, there's one last thing I want to do about moaning. I've never thought of you as a moaner, Ross. I will say that. Never thought of you as a moaner. Thought of you as a fretter, but not a moaner. It's always, it always comes in a quite a positive way. No, um, you fret. You do fret. You fret, especially no, when we work. But it never I'm seems awful. to be moaning, like yes, doom. Like, like you're not Eeyore. You're like Tigger no, with a touch of Eeyore. <laughs> Lindsay, if we check into a hotel, it's not blackout curtains. Fucking hell. Okay, I'm not going to be able to sleep. That's great. A week's holiday, will I be wide awake? It's going to be shit. I'll go more knackered when I arrive. I'm quite capable of saying something like that. I'm doing, and then... Yeah, I reckon he's got two personalities. With Lindsay, he's just this moany old git. And when we see him out and about, he's just like, whee! Poor yeah, Lindsay. That's all those impressions of his dad in his shows. I'm assuming that's no! the side of you that comes out. Right, and then we'll leave it there, Sigma. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, um, right, so the next... <laughs> so, so I want to talk about... I always mucky mind, sex-obsessed, permanent 17-year-old. If I'm not dancing techno, I'm thinking about shagging. So let's talk about... Well, there's two ways you could use the word moaning in the sexual sphere. Um mm. There's the obvious one, which is the mismatch sometimes of men and women's sex drives and moaning about the sex lives, which we've covered a lot in Boys Don't Cry. I know it's a juicy topic, but we have 
Um, we have covered it a lot. There's worrying during sex, which we'll go on to in a moment, but there's a slightly more whimsical, funny, mucky subject of actual sexual yeah. moaning, which there seems <laughs> there seems to be here. There is definitely a gender divide. Now I know I'm sure there are some men that make overly loud sex noises. Um, but what if I could draw a, a division here, I would say men tend to use words more to describe, oh, yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, I'm fucking pussy's great. <laughs> Rather than, I, I think most women find it quite disturbing if a guy was going, oh, oh. <laughs> personally. Yeah. Whereas girls use moaning. Why? Is this true? Is this just my experience as a British person silently pounding in bed? Are other people different? Why do women moan in bed and men don't? And why would it be wrong if I did, Kelly? Um, I think women moan because um, they're getting shafted uh, and the man... The women are getting shafted, the man's putting it in, so he's got nothing to moan about, has he? <laughs> I mean, how to decimate any nuance or insight I might have had with a complete truth in seconds. Is that is that all it is, Charlie? Or are men inhibited in some way? You don't make a sex noise because there's something effeminate about it. I don't know how many sex you've had. Uh, how much sex you've had with men, Russell? I don't. I don't no, know. No. Um, well, I, I know when I hear it. If I hear it, I've had no. I've had zero sex with a man. Um, no, but I've watched a lot yet, of it so far. Online. So far, I will just say that. Yeah. Um, United, yeah. <laughs> but here, when you hear it through a, a uh, when you hear it through a, a, a hotel wall yeah. or. Whatever, you know, it is. <laughs> that's Devon. That's that's Devon porn. You know when you put your ear in. I don't know. Closest even... Charlie's got to gay porn is a thin hotel wall. <laughs> Not you, porn. Ear against a wall. <laughs> no, I will say this is actually at the moment a moot point because I've got two children and we are on lockdown and they are in the house the whole time. I love my oh. wife very much. Um, they are normally at school, my children, and I work at night. So a bit of the old skyrockets in flight is normally what happens in this house. Um, mm. And it is, of course, non-existent. So we've had to find quiet ways of doing it <laughs> at other times. Great, so you, you talking about noisy sex is pretty galling at the moment because, oh, for a noisy <laughs> shag at the moment. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll move on to Stephen Grant, who maybe maybe does noisy masturbating. I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm so good at doing me. <laughs> I, I think I think men have uh, is it inhibition social pressure. Sorry, sorry, Stephen. I'll give you a proper question. Is it inhibition that makes men more quiet in bed, knowing that women don't like it, or is it the biology, like Kelly's argued? There is a biological difference in in the sexual act that causes men to moan less. I think it's natural for us to be quiet. I actually think the reason why we feel a compulsion to be noisy is because, like Charlie said, joking aside, the closest men get to watching other men have sex is porn. And in porn, they're really noisy because quiet porn is odd. Two people just really quietly banging away at each other and then just go, oh, sorry, oh, glass of water? Hang on, was that the kids? No, it's all right. Isn't really that sexy. It has to be. Bang, you love it. Oh, my God, yeah, bring in the donkey. Whatever it is they say anyway. Right? It's quite revealing that you say sorry when you come, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> politeness. The first casualty of hard sex is politeness. Imagine Stephen with a fact. Here's a fact as well, now that Quintus is... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, 
if you'd like, if you'd like a little breakdown of what I did afterwards, I will be providing some form of information. <laughs> Would you like to take part in a non-compulsory survey? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, no, I think, I think inhibition, inhibition is, is you know, I don't think right. we all want to be noisy and we're keeping it quiet. I think it's the other way around. I think we want to be quiet. It's like a haircut right. with men. We just want to do it in quiet silence. We just, do you know what? We're concentrating on the job in hand. I think the women, reason why women are noisier than men is because they mostly just have to just enjoy oh, it. Oh, oh, men are oh, doing shit. They have to just. I think it's. I think if, if a man is is making a is a woman is enjoying sex, then she has to sort of say to the bloke that oh you're well done. It's well about how tiny egos. You're right, Charlie. Yeah, it's how tiny right, egos. Didn't he do well? Didn't he do well? Exactly. It's all like finally you've got it in the right place. Now keep doing that. What? No, don't change. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Looking for a signal, round of applause after they've done the washing up, you know. Oh yes. my God. Again, Charlie, you were doing so well. <laughs> um, so the last one. It's a serious subject, really. I don't want it, but let's take the lighter side of it. Worrying, interfering with the love making itself. Now, I am more than capable of being in the midst of the most amazing sex session, either in a long-term relationship or during my tour of duty by Vajganistan, uh, perhaps a more fleeting encounter, uh, and right in the middle of some of the most amazing erotic sensations, physical, emotional, going, did I chub the front door? Did I chub it? I locked it, but did I chub it? And to start my brain to start distracting me. It might, it may or may not have a physical consequence. It very often does. It. I mean, I think it's worse if you maintain a fucking boner whilst doing your shopping. It's worse in a way. It's like a sort of serial killer sex. But is it? <laughs> I, I, so it does common, sound like its own like euphemism. Is the thing. So, but is it more common for for women to tune out? Because I suspect it is for women to tune out and worry about some other aspect and then tune back into the erotic act than a man. Because I suspect yeah, I suspect yeah. it's quite unusual what I'm doing there. I've never heard another bloke say that, but I've heard girls say it. I've heard girls say it a lot. Russell, it is a fight every single time I have sex with my gorgeous fiance um, to stop me thinking. Did she just say that to me this afternoon? I can't believe it. <laughs> Does that I, to you, you? you have to fight the. Uh, it's more like that. That is the natural place to go to, and you have to bring yourself back into. You no, know, you're having sex right now. I think women's brains do go elsewhere, and and there are the worry, you know the worry something will come in. Well, so you'll yeah, be worrying think... and pondering on an encounter you had with a female friend in the afternoon. She said that she was rude to me. Yeah, well, think about when you go to sleep and you're like, you lie down and then instantly your brain switches on and you're, you're thinking about everything. I think that's 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 similar when you're having sex, you relax, you're enjoying it, but then your brain has the opportunity to, because as Stephen says, you're just lying there. So... <laughs> I'd never, never get jewelry. Really, really go gruff up to this will be told so much. I've, I've fixed problems or or uh, written punchlines post coitally. No, post or during. Post, not never during. Oh, I, I turn into Shakespeare straight afterwards. You know, I can turn into Shakespeare in the walk between here and, and the shower. <laughs> I have thought of a joke whilst having sex. Definitely, I've definitely thought of a joke. I thought of a joke and I say it, I've just start well, I started to say it just before lockdown. Um I thought of a joke about having sex with my other half whilst we we're having sex and I say it on stage. Oh, oh. Oh, good. Like, you do right here on his back. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it on my chest. And punchline on the spine. 
Um, so, Stephen, I just want to get Stephen's views on this because I realise we are out of time. Two things to, to you, Stephen Grant. Worrying during during the lovemaking act about something external, like, oh, did I lock my bike up? Have I paid the bill? But also, as you're the king of the meta worry, worrying about, am I doing it right? Is this, She said it's right, but does she mean it? Is she making a noise? Is it real? Do, how bad is that voice for you? Because I've had that voice can be quite bad for me, particularly in a newer relationship. Awful. It's awful. <laughs> in fact, actually... I would go so far as to say that if you re- if you're a bloke and you really care about the woman that you're having sex with and it's early days, it's not that enjoyable because you're just panicking. Well, not as much panicking, but you're spending the whole time totally focused on when she's enjoying yourself. And even when she says, oh, that's really good, you don't believe it. So you're still questioning it. You're thinking, is she just saying that? Because obviously it'd be a bit weird for her to say this is rubbish while we're at it, you know, and is this as good? And then you start comparing, was I as good as what she was expecting? Did she have expectations of me? So, I mean, you know, actually, when women sort of go, oh, that was really good, I always think to myself, well, I'm glad because realistically I wasn't going to enjoy it because I was too bothered about whether you enjoyed it. (laughs) Some of the best sex they have is with women they don't care about. Because ultimately they just go, well, this isn't going to happen again. And so I can just enjoy myself. And it's great. I mean, and, and they go at the end, that was all right. I go, well, I had a fab time. Here's a number. It's not even mine. Um, have, have a great life. Do you worry about lasting a certain amount of time? Because that always comes up in movies. You know, they're counting down. Do you worry about like being able to keep it going? Because I have to say on a half of females, like... Deliberately thinking about something bad in order to delay it. This whole idea, the fact that kind of like, oh, I'm not worrying enough. I'm not worrying enough. I'm reaching climax. Oh, hang on a second. I've left the gas on. I've left the gas on. That's taken a few minutes. On more more than one occasion, I've imagined my pets run over and it's done the trick. Just to keep it going. I have to say, I don't want to make light of this issue. It's a very, very serious issue for a a lot of men. But on the rare occasion, I've found the rodeo running out of control i have had to resort to like my nan in a dressing gown or something horrific like that like really bad i mean that's the clean version of what i imagine although i've seen your nan russell and (laughs) it brings charlie off that's great to speak okay we're out of time there's only one thing to do and that's to ask kelly what the joke was she thought of why she was shagging her boyfriend is it a good one did it stay in the set (laughs) it's just about uh, yeah about how's your father and like just checking in with gary you know don't worry i've totally delivered that wrong don't worry <laughs> basically it was some sort of horrific oedipus joke that made everyone uncomfortable yeah and uh, so thank you very much to my panel thank you of course in part one to dame baptiste thank you very much charlie baker joining us from devon on the yogurt pot highway thank you to Stephen grant uh coming out of brighton thank and thank you very much kelly as well for keeping us in line because uh, we chatted quite yes, a lot of nonsense yeah. here. And you, you made me feel reassured about some things. So not as much um, divide among the sexes as usual. We found a lot of common ground, but it turns out most of us are doing our shopping list while we're banging or being banged. That's it from Boys Don't Cry this week. I've not been Nick Broomshaw. I'm the other one. You know, irritating, but different name. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard, tell people about it. Hit subscribe. Not too hard. You know, temper management, guys. But hit subscribe. Or just touch subscribe. There's no need to punch it. Get the podcast share like give it a good review if you don't like it maybe don't ponder on it (laughs) (laughs) 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.